Let's give the Lord a hand today. All right, all right. You may have a seat. You may have a seat. Uh, today I'm going to do my message in two parts. So I'm going to get right into this first part now, uh, and then we'll segue into something before uh, I talk about a second part. I, my brother is a pastor as well, and he's a pastor of the Bridge Church, which is based mainly in Ottumwa, but also has campuses in Fairfield and Centerville. And every year, he usually goes to three or four conferences at, in different parts of the country. He just likes to take in a lot of different things. And he was telling me a few weeks ago that he went to this this conference, and he was really excited about it. There were like nine talks, and he couldn't believe the way things lined up because he would see this speaker. He's like, oh, I love this speaker, and I love what they're talking about. And he would just go that one and that one and that one. And eight of the nine talks, he said he was, he was really excited about. And then there was this one that he didn't, he didn't really know the guy. The topic didn't really interest him. And so he was thinking about skipping it. But sort of at the last minute, he just decided, you know what, I'm going to go to it. I'm going to go to it. And the speaker gets up, and he starts with this. I'm going to die. You're going to die. We're all going to die. Let me say that again. I'm going to die. You're going to die. We're all going to die. And Marty said the talk was terrible. He talked about how he, this guy keeps a skull on his desk to remind himself of his own death, and he went on and on, and Marty was, it was long, and he, he was like, I, I mean, I just couldn't wait to get out of there. He said, that was 15 years ago. I don't remember any of the other talks that I was so excited about, but I will never forget that. And there's something about that, that reality when most of the time we try to keep it kind of tucked away and all of a sudden someone brings that reality right front and center. And for the last few weeks here at Celebrate, I've been telling a story that comes from a TED talk where uh, Matthew O'Reilly, who's a critical care EMT in New York City, shares how early in his career, when he would come on a scene where someone wasn't going to make it and they would ask him, am I gonna die? His response was usually to say, no, it's going to be okay. He didn't want to add emotional trauma to what was already happening. And then one day, he said he decided to give an honest answer. And when the person who there was nothing that could be done for him asked, am I going to die? His response was, yeah. And he was surprised because the person had a sense, there was a sense of acceptance, like he was accepting it in this moment. And from that point on, he said he was no longer going to comfort the dying with his lies. And there's something about that question, am I going to die, and an honest answer that I've wanted us to think about for a few weeks. Because human nature is to try to act like that's not going to happen. And we distract ourselves, and, and lots of people have studied that even at a, just a subconscious level, we do everything we can to deny our death. Now, I'm not suggesting we fixate on our death, we think about it all the time, or anything like that, but what I've talked about the last few weeks is if we can realize, hey, we are going to die, 
and we keep that perspective, then it might influence how we live. So that at the end of our life, we've lived in a way that we've wanted to live. Because we know we're only here for so long. So that we don't leave things unsaid to people we care about or love. We say them now while we can. Those are the things we've been talking about. Today, though, what I want to focus on is, are we ready for what comes after death? Humanity is trying to figure out a way so that we don't die. So we do all kinds of research, medical research, techniques, medicine, education, safety protocols to save lives, all kinds of things. Healing prayer, all of those are good things that extend life. But they don't change the answer to the question, am I going to die? There is only one person who brings an answer to that. All of collective humanity has been working on this for a long time, but we aren't getting the answer, and here's why. It's because of the number one cause of death. And even in 2020, the number one cause of death was not COVID, it was not cancer, it was not heart disease, it was not car accidents. The number one cause of death was sin. The Bible says... All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What does that mean? We were created. There is a God who created us. We didn't create ourselves. And when he created us, he created us for glory. He created us to, to be like him, to be in connection with him. And we have all missed that mark. We have all missed that mark. And so, another part of the Bible says, the wages of sin or the consequences of sin, the natural outcome of missing the mark as human beings is that we die. We all sin and we all die. But God did not leave it that way. God is one, but he comes to us in three persons. There is God the Father, there is God the Creator, there is God who, we, who is huge and holy other and way outside of us that we pray to, but there's also God the Son, God who became a human, an actual human. And he came and he lived and he didn't miss the mark. He lived exactly how humans are supposed to live. And so he should never have had to die. But he was willing to die. He so identified with all of us that he, as Judd prayed, took what we deserve so that whoever identifies with him and gets connected to him gets what he deserves. And so what he deserved was not to just die. He, he didn't deserve to die, and so he didn't stay dead. He came alive. He didn't come alive in some vapor, you know, ghost-like. He came alive with a new supernatural body. It was still him. They recognized him. They kind of recognized him. He was the same, but he was different. It was him, but he had a body. He still has a body. He is in the heavenly realms with a body, and that is the destiny for all who know him and are in him. And that is good news because if he just left us for the natural consequences then death is the end or it's the beginning of something really bad. And in our community, in just the last several weeks, there has been a lot of death. A number of us have been, have been um, impacted by death of people who are close to us. And what is the hope in that situation? 
The hope is God loved us. God came for us. God died for us. And God shows us in himself as a human being, Jesus, who died but lives again, that that can be our destiny if we're found in him. So I'm going to invite the worship team back up. Because rather than just going on, I want us to pause. I want us to celebrate. You know, we lost two of our own congregation just in the last few weeks, in Joanne Lee and Robin Rausch. And if you talk to their family members, the difference it is of this reality that Robin and Joanne knew Jesus. They knew that he died and forgave them. They knew that he rose again. They knew that he was going to prepare a place for them. And so they have hope. And we can all have hope. I was talking to someone who's older than me this week who was just, we're just in conversation and she just says, oh, my grandpa, I wish you could meet my grandpa. Well, someday you'll meet him. And I was like, that's true. Someday I'll meet him. I tend to think about what Jesus did and how great it is because I will be reconnected with people who have gone before me, who I've known, and now they're, they've gone ahead of me. But there's going to be people who've gone way ahead of me that there's going to be connections. I mean, eternity is a long time for us to get to meet new people. I mean, what we have in store for us, who believe because of what Jesus did, is unbelievable. And so I want us to celebrate and worship before we go any further. Now, if you're new or you don't know these songs, you know, you can just listen, you can just take it in. But if you know these songs and you believe this is real, then let's worship him this morning. Let's give him the praise that he, he deserves. So why don't you stand up? God, we're going to ask that you help us to worship you this morning, that you would take us into the reality of who you are, that you would remind us of what you've done, and that heaven and earth would become one as we do so. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. People looking for treasure. How many movies are there where the plot is around a person, usually a group of people that want to get treasure. I mean, those movies, like it's even like this kind of like stereotypical treasure of jewels or gold or that kind of deal. But, but if we broadened it a bit to say what kind of movies where there's just this pursuit of something that's super valuable, that it's worth the risk, it's worth danger, it's worth sacrificing for. We're just trying to get to this painting, this weapon system we can sell. This, this, there's a treasure, something that's worth a lot. It is worth a lot. It's great value. It makes for a compelling story, a compelling movie. Now, I want you to listen to these words from Jesus uh, that he said when he was talking about heaven. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. And then right away, he tells one more kind of similar picture. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So Jesus says, if you want to think about what heaven is like, if you want to know heaven... It's, you can't just explain it in a like paragraph form. Get, you know, we're going to give you the instruction manual. You got to use pictures. You got to use ways. And one of the ways you can capture it is it is like treasure 
It's like treasure. And if you know that there is treasure in land and you have a way to maybe obtain that land before anybody else knows the treasure, you will do whatever it takes to get that land. Why? Because it'll be worth it. Because of that much value, it will be worth it. So, that is what heaven is like. And part of the good news message, part of, the, of, of what God puts out there is he came to make heaven available, to make treasure available to all of us, to anyone, regardless of what they've done, where they've been, who they are. Regardless, he says, I'm making it available to everyone. And then the other part is, so what is our response to that? How much are you in pursuit of heaven? Which is really where what God wants to happen happens. It's not just a place after we die. It is where, where God wants to happen, that's what happens. There is a University of Chicago study done in 2016. And it found this. It found that uh, a third or 30% of people who don't believe in God, 30% of people who don't believe in God believe in the afterlife and that there's an afterlife coming for them. They don't believe in God, but they believe in an afterlife. And this study also showed that the, the comparing to past years, the amount of people who practiced religion, and that's maybe a bad word for it, but that was how they described, like, they're, they're committed to a faith to beliefs, to practices, to, to following God in some way, that is going down. That is going down. But the amount of people who believe in the afterlife and they have afterlife coming for them is going up. And the, the people who are doing these studies and trying to analyze these studies, and that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that more people have more confidence in the afterlife and where they're going is an afterlife, but they are less committed to a faith and to beliefs and to following God. How does that happen? One of their conclusions that they think maybe is the answer is that we just live with an entitlement. Uh, we just live with a sense of entitlement. Like, of course, there's going to be an afterlife for me. Of course, it's going to be heaven and it's going to be good. Can I say as a pastor who's done a lot of funerals over the past 20 years, that study seems real to me in what I observe. Which is when people come around death, the death of a loved one, there is an assumption, of course they're going to heaven. It is not based on anything. It's just based on, of course. Of course, you know, pretty good person. Of course. If we keep reading, after Jesus <clears throat> gives these two examples about treasures, he says this. Oh, man, I can't find it. I didn't mark my spot. He says, once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous. That's what Jesus says is at the end. Not an automatic free ticket to heaven. And, of course, the response that a number of us could have is like, well, I'm not wicked. 
So I must, I'll be okay because I'm not wicked, right? Like Vladimir Putin, wicked. I'm not wicked. But many of us in the same breath might say, well, I'm no saint. No, I'm not a saint. I'm not, and I'm not overly. But here's the deal. There is no middle lane at the end of the age. There's no middle lane. Jesus came to make saints. Not how we think of saints, but that's what he calls us because of what he does for us if we'll respond to him. It is not an automatic. So what is your response to Jesus? He came. He died. He rose again. And he says, follow me. Are you going to follow him? Are you going to make pursuit of God and following his ways the most important thing in your life? Jesus says it would be worth it. It would be worth it. If you believe that, if you're banking on your afterlife being because you're a Christian because you've gone to church some, because you follow Jesus, well, are you following him? You might be thinking, man, I didn't know this was like a fire and brimstone kind of church. I didn't get that impression about this church. What is this? this is Easter Sunday, for goodness sake. Like, let's pep it up a little bit. You're, we were starting well, Pastor, but now you're bringing us down. Well, I think the thought we can have is that God, when we think of something like that, that there is two destinies. You know, you will never cease to exist. You will never cease to exist, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's just what your eternal destiny is going to be. And so <clears throat> I think we can think like, man, God, he wants us to give up stuff. He wants us, what is with guys? Dallas Willard, my favorite writer, says hell is just the best God can do for some people. Because I want you to think about this. If you don't want God and his ways now in your life, if that's not important to you now, why would you want it forever? Like, oh yeah, I mean, after I die, after I die, then I'll like God, and then I'll like the way he is, and then I'll like all these things. Now, it's a little bit deceiving because in the here and now, in the here and now, Jesus says, God allows the rain to fall on the wicked and the good, the evil and the righteous. Like we all get benefits of the goodness of God, but everything that is good comes from him. That's what heaven really is. Everything that's good, every time you are full of laughter with friends, every time someone comes and defends someone that no one else will defend, every time that goodness comes into the world, that is heaven coming in. And heaven is operating, but there is a time where it is all heaven where it is all that God wants. We're all like that, and then it's the time for others where it's none of that, and we just can be ourselves. You know, death is actually a gift. Lord of the Rings, nerds, sweet, we got one. The elves never die, and they think of it as a curse. If we, in our sinful state, in our state that misses the mark, if we just live forever, then how's that going to work? How's our world working right now? How's it working in Ukraine right now? How's it working down the street where there's abuse happening right now? 
How's it happening with anxiety and depression right now? How's it happening with your anxiety level right now? How does it happen in a broken world when we're broken people? It doesn't work well. And God says, well, I'm not going to leave them that way. I'm going to give them the opportunity. I'm going to give them good news that things can work like they're supposed to work, like I've created them to work. That's how it can be. Do you want that? Well, we decide now whether we want that. We decide now whether we want all God can handle. And we're not going to be perfect, and we're going to mess up, but we're going to say, like, the best we can, and I'm going to ask for your help, but I want you fully in my life. I want all that you want for me fully in my life, and I will follow you for it. Let's go back to that verse from Matthew 13, 44. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. There are actually two ways of interpreting how that story is telling us what heaven's like. One, and I think probably if I was going to pick one, it would be the way that I started. Like heaven is worth whatever it costs, whatever sacrifice, whatever inconvenience, it is worth it. It is worth it. But there's another way to look at this. And that is that God saw how valuable you are. And he said, you are worth me leaving all the treasures of heaven. You are worth me leaving it all, paying the full price and coming down. You are worth it to me. You are worth it to me. I want to make a way so that you're not stuck in misery, not stuck in only this good. But I want to give everything, make everything available to you because you are worth it to me. You are worth it to me. You are worth it to me. That's what Jesus says. That's what this means. You are worth everything to me. And now is the time when we decide what our response will be to that. What is he worth to us? He gave his whole life for us. Will we give our whole life for him? So I'm have the worship team come back up. And we don't, we don't do that. I don't do this very often. I don't think we as a church do this very often. But this morning, I want to give a chance for a little bit of a public response. If you are a person who has never said, I need your help. I, need, I, want, I want you in my life. I want you to be the most important thing in my life. I want what you offer me, Jesus then in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand and we'll pray over you. Or, if you're a person who has done that before, but that is not where you've been walking. You've walked away. But this morning you hear the knock on your heart. Then I'm going to invite you to stand. And we're going to pray simple prayer and close with a song. So,
I, got, I think I'm not going to say anymore, except to invite those who feel like they need to respond to God this morning by standing to go ahead and stand. Let's pray. God, I thank you for these who have stood. And I thank you that you stand with them. And I pray that they would sense your presence. I thank you that part of the gift of saying yes to Jesus is to knowing the tangible sense of your presence. To whatever extent... These people have already known that. I pray you would increase it. That your Holy Spirit would come to them right now. Fill them and rest on them. Now I'm going to ask everyone to stand. Before I pray and we transition into a song, I'm just going to give you time to silently respond to God. Jesus comes to you. He says, you are worth everything to me. And now in the quietness of your heart, would you respond back to him? God, I pray in these last few moments together as we sing. I pray that you would remove the barriers that keep us from knowing that heaven is worth it. I pray heaven would come among us. May your kingdom come and your will be done in this place as it is in heaven, in our hearts as it is in heaven. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.